Hi there, this is Christian Horner. You've won the Austrian Grand Prix. <laughs> Hi, it's Alex Albon. Hi, I'm Max Verstappen, and you're listening to the Aston Martin Rebel Racing Podcast. Oh, this feels good. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Talking Ball, the official Aston Martin Red Bull Racing podcast. This is a big episode devoted to our boys Max and Alex. We're getting them together for the very first time on the podcast, armed with questions for each other. We know what these two are like on the racetrack, but what will we uncover when we put them face-to-face in the studio? We're catching up with South African rugby captain and Red Bull athlete Sia Khaleesi to chat F1 cars and the Rugby World Cup. We also have a special treat. You'll get to hear the sound of synergy by London and producer Mark Knight and discover how he created a piece of music using the sounds of our F1 car. It's pretty spectacular and you'll hear it in full at the end of this episode. First, it's over to Max Verstappen and Alex Albon. Take it away, boys. Right, Max, here we go. What are we doing? This is our first podcast together. This is a very romantic first one. You you like it, don't you? Can you remember when we first met? I think it was somewhere in a hotel room. Maybe. No, I, I guess it was... Um, I actually remember it. I remember the first time I tested with you. I was driving under a different name. It, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Was that yeah. the Conquer? Yeah, I was driving under a yeah, different yeah, name. Yeah, because it was you, Nick, and I. Yeah. I was in Mick Barrett Racing. That was True. my team. Yeah. And I was like severely overweight. What happened? I grew. Pretty much. And lost your baby fat. And lost my baby fat. <laughs> Same as you, actually. Have you seen yeah, photos yeah. of us I together? I was very chubby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. It was know. all muscle, though. <laughs> I remember you. To be honest, you're already quite quick in that test. And I was like, huh. And we don't like, like being slow. Like, like he's like 11 years old. And I was like, yikes. Yeah, I was actually. Yeah, you were. The- <laughs> yeah, quite small. Okay, Alex, how many brothers and sisters do you have? Well, I have three sisters, and a brother. I have a big family. Yeah, we're all quite close, even in age. I'm the eldest. So, what about you? You have one <laughs> sister, right? Well. I yeah. Oh, no. I had I had yeah, one yeah. sister, but now I have two sisters and a little brother. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, re- yeah, I remember you saying. So, um, but you guys are quite age-wise, quite. The older sister is only two years apart. Yeah. And then the other one is 16, 17 years apart, and then the other one is twenty-one and a half years <laughs> apart. <laughs> yeah. So oh, he's only five months now. Oh really? My little brother. So that's quite cool, though. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, if he's gonna be a racing driver himself, yeah. but I told my dad, don't do it. Just, get, just buy him I'm, football I'm, shoes. Yeah, yeah. I'm the racer here, dad. <laughs> yeah, just let me do my thing. Just uh, do something else. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Anyway, I got my next one. Have you ever needed to pee in your race suit during a race? Um, I mean, have you needed to pee in your well, race suit? I, 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 I had to like, I had to go to the toilet. That's basically, <laughs> I guess, yeah. what they're after. But, or um, during a race have, yeah. you, have you wet yourself in a race no 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 I didn't but I really had to go to the toilet um, but oh, the yeah. problem was yeah it was an F3 actually in um, <laughs> Norris Ring yeah so already before the race I had to go to the toilet yeah. but um, the thing was I think at the time I was watching DTM in the hospitality yeah so I was almost too late for the race <laughs> so I had to Priorities. run back I had to run back, put my suit on, yeah. jump in the car. But yeah, I had to go to the toilet, but I couldn't, of course. Of course. Started the race, and then we got we had a red flag. 
Yeah. So then we, we stopped and I said, like, can I go to the toilet? And they were like, no, 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 they're going to restart in like five minutes. Yeah. So it was at the end, like 15, 20 minutes. That's the worst, right? Yeah. Because when you're not driving, that's when you think <laughs> so about it. You know what I did? I just started the car a little bit earlier than normal. Yeah. So because of the vibrations of the car, I didn't have to go to the toilet. It's very odd. But yeah, that's why. And then I was driving and it was actually fine. But then uh, I was on the podium. Yeah. And I really had to go to the toilet. So I, I tried to do it as quick as possible. Why? Well, I drivers. didn't pee on the podium. <laughs> but of course, afterwards, I had no to run. People to the thought you were spraying champagne. That's what you say. <laughs> if you didn't know and you needed a wee in a, in a car, the vib- it, well, it just can sit happen. On some vibrations. It can happen, though. Um, Alex, who's the tallest of one driver on the grid? And who is the shortest? Well, I think I get the claim to fame. I, you the I'm tallest? the tallest. I think I am, yeah. I'm 186.5. So that's like almost. Point 0.5. Like the point 0.5 not is, point is four. basically to beat George. Because George would it's be. Is 186? He's 186, yeah. It's not great being a racing driver that, that height. Everything touches knees touch, arms touch. But I'm used yeah. to it now. I've done this since. Yeah, I've I mean, t- you've been tall for a long time now. <laughs> there we go. So. It's weird for me to have a lot of space in the car. Like when when my legs are too straight or my arms are too straight. Yeah, you don't have. Strange. Well, you don't have that in the Red Bull, do you? <laughs> no, <laughs> I definitely don't. Shortest? Shortest would be. You know, I I always in my head always well, thought Lando was short, but he's not actually that short anymore. He's kind of had his little growth spurt in F1. He's still not very big, is he? <laughs> he's not big. No. Who is the shortest? Uh, it would have been Massa for sure. Before, yeah. It would be like Bottas. No, I think Lando is or shorter. Or even Lewis might be the shortest. No, no, no. I think Lando is shorter. Okay. Are you better at singing or dancing? Actually, this singing. is quite relevant. Singing. Because obviously... Karaoke. Um, yeah. When's the last time you did karaoke? A uh, very long time. I have to go <laughs> again. I have to go again. I'm, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going to do it here in Tokyo. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Maybe you can have a career. I have heard you're a good singer. Actually, the last time we did sing was... Oh, it was mostly at Chris, yeah, Christians, but I was not prepared. <laughs> no, you know you have to warm up your voice and your mind. Confidence, you need confidence as well. So no dancing, no, not a dancer. No, 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 not, okay. not so flexible in the hips. Yeah, actually, I remember you telling me in Singapore. Yeah, you didn't show me though. That would nope. be weird. That would be very weird. Yeah, let's not let's not do that. <laughs> Alex, um, what sports did you play growing up? I played quite a lot of sports actually. Yeah, football, rugby. You play, You played rugby. You know, I was actually quite good at rugby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I broke so many bones though. So I broke um, these four fingers. So someone I used to play for my school, which they were nationally they were they were quite good at. Okay. Um, at rugby, and I was a forward, which is like one of the dangerous places or the ones where you make all the tackles yeah. right and uh, someone did like a, a tackle to me and all these four fingers kind of went to the right and i was like this was this was when i was racing you this oh, was yeah. when i was in in 2010 do you remember one race i had like an arm thing yeah was that wait was Actually, that I, in the beginning of the year or the end i did i did it twice i, I had oh two God. casts with you so yeah the nurse the nurse gave me like the uh, uh helium yeah sorry oxygen i think it is and then like they pull your oh. fingers back. It was disgusting. Oh. It was so painful. Because after the fir- the first one, they say, oh, it doesn't hurt. So obviously they do the first one, but then you realize it does hurt. And then you got three more fingers to go. So it wasn't okay, that fun. Right. So I stopped, I obviously stopped doing that kind of stuff because yeah, I understand. it's not very clever. Okay, 
Your rap name is the last thing you ate with Lil in front of it. The last thing I ate? Lil Chicken Nugget. Lil Chicken Nuggets. Lil Nugget. <laughs> Lil Nugget. Lil McNugget. Can that be... Uh, Lil Omelette? Oh, no, no, that's not the last thing I had. I had an omelette and soup. That doesn't sound as Lil good, to- though, Lil Tomato it? Soup. Lil Super. Lil Omelette. That doesn't no. have the same... M- Lil, Lil, McNug- Lil McNugget. Okay, we go for that one. What would I be called? <laughs> I had poached eggs. Lil, Lil Poacher. <laughs> Lil Poacher. That's not good. Lil Poacher. <laughs> Lil Egg. <laughs> Lil Egg. <laughs> Lil Eggs. <laughs> what is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? Be I've open. had this question before. Be open and honest. And I was, I was saying that I don't... You pee yourself in front of the class. I, I, <laughs> I get embarrassed on a daily basis. I do embarrassing things all the time. Okay. So I don't get that embarrassed anymore. I feel like... You, right. Do, do you know what but you mean? But back in the day before, in, in, when you were still... I remember in middle secondary school, middle school, wherever you're from, I... Uh, my friend was like throwing me like a, a rugby ball or something and I had my backpack on and so it was, it was we we're kind of like pretending to be in the NBA no NFL so he throws the rugby ball and I'm like like trying to run oh and God. run at it and uh, looking I, at the ball looking at the ball obviously not seeing where I'm going and uh, landed kind of hit the bin <laughs> the bin was kind of like against the wall okay so I ended up somehow putting my ass into the bin and literally like my arms and my legs were sticking out of the out bin. of the bin <laughs> and I was like kind of completely in it but that's like that's quite a strong memory what is the craziest gift you've ever received from a fan craziest gift you get a lot of gifts some cool stuff as well I see some cool artwork well the funny thing is always um, here in um, Japan normally I get teaspoons and I don't even it's like solid tea. But still, so are you are you telling all the Japanese fans? It's still giving you bad gifts. No, Is that what you're trying I'm to say? Not, I'm not saying it's bad gifts. I'm just saying <laughs> you're I just like saying you have a lot of teaspoons no, no, at home. Honestly, yeah, that are I getting do. used. I do. Well, they are getting used, but not not by me. Not by you. Sure. <laughs> We've seen some of your drawing skills. Did you study mm. art in school? Well, it was mandatory. Did, oh, was you know, it? it's like one of them subjects that you have to do. So. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. And I did. Well, it. yeah. It's just, if it's mandatory, yeah, then. Then yes. study. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. easy. Very easy. What is the first thing you do after a race? Take my helmet off. <laughs> I uh, stop. The no, car. that's actually not true. I take my gloves off first. Yeah, of course. No, that is not true. You take your headrest off. No, you take I your turn steering wheel. No, you <laughs> turn your engine off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Max. Uh, P- P1, uh, 10 seconds, P0. Technically speaking, what? after the race. Yeah, that's after the race, turning your engine off. No, the off. race is when you cross the checkered flag. Well, then I go off throttle after the <laughs> <laughs> The most in-depth answer oh. to such a simple question. Yeah. Oh. I think it's a very strong performance here. It is. Yeah. I think we should start our own uh, radio show in the morning. Oh, it'd be good. Well, no, actually not. I'm not. I'm not a morning person, so we should do it in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was it. That was our first sophisticated podcast. And yep. um, I hope you liked it. Make sure to um, like and subscribe. subscribe. There you go. Okay, you did well. Really good job. Thank you. Nice one. Nice one. (laughs) Really good, boys. Yeah. I hope you're not trying to take my job.
More from Alex and Max in the coming podcast. Right now, we must turn our attention to Japan. And it's been a very eventful race. Alex scored the best result of his young F1 career with a brilliant drive to fourth place at the Japanese Grand Prix. But there was disappointment for Max at Suzuka. He was forced to retire from the race after 14 laps following a first corner collision with Ferrari's Charles Leclerc. There was a brilliant atmosphere in the paddock across the weekend. South African rugby captain and Red Bull athlete Sia Khaleesi came to hang out. Steve Nash spoke to him about his F1 experience. So Khaleesi, welcome to the Talking Ball podcast here in Japan. Uh, how's your day gone so far? I know you've arrived not that long ago, yeah. but how has your experience been no, so far? It's been amazing. Uh, it's, I never dreamt of obviously experiencing something like this. And yeah, going to the pit and stuff was really out of this world, you know. And yeah, the guys explaining what they do and stuff has really been amazing. And obviously we've been watching the Formula One episodes on Netflix, and it's ridiculous to actually see the people that um, you know are part of the Red Bull team. Yeah, it's been really amazing. And what are you most looking forward to seeing for the rest of the day? I just want to meet Max. Yeah, I just really want to meet Max, and obviously Mr. Christian Horn, because uh, I, I saw him quite a lot, you know, in the in the episodes, and it's yeah, I really respect what he does, and so yeah, the whole Red Bull team, I really, I just want to see them. So you enjoyed the, the Netflix episode? Yeah, I love it. Watch. We were watching now uh, some more with the bus with some of my boys. But, you know, we, we just got stuck into it, especially knowing that we, we're coming here. You know, we just wanted to see how everything works because we only see the cars and we think that's all that's happening when the guys are racing. And then you see everything that goes behind the scene. It's really amazing. The competitive nature of the, of the sport. That's really cool because, you know, I think that's the whole thing with the, the series. They try and show you behind the scenes and it'll be really interesting to know from you how how you've compared that when you actually see it in yeah, person yeah. and see how in unison they work. And I guess being part of that team would be interesting for you to relay it to yeah. be part of a rugby team. And yeah. do you find you can take things from other sports as Hundred percent. I think um, you always think the the most important people are the ones that like for for racing, you think the the drivers are but you don't understand how important the guy is that's changing the world, you know, it can it can can be loose. Or you can stuff it up there. The driver could be doing well, but the work behind the scene is is normally like the big one, you know. And and that's something with rugby as well. Especially we have a team, and some guys don't play, and then they have to study the other team and see what they do. And then the pictures that they give us is what we normally helps us. So in in that regard, and obviously I've been on the in the mic like for the team, and hear how the coaches speak, and then you see here how the, the, managers are, the messages are passed through, only one guy speaking to the driver, it's really amazing to see. And can you relate that to rugby? Obviously, being a captain, are you, you're the focal point now on the pitch if the ref speaks yeah, to yeah. speaks to you. Yeah, 100%. Is it very similar to yeah, that? Yeah, because you, yeah. you can see as you have one guy speaking to the driver, but the other guys around also pass messages to him to pass the driver. That's what happens with me. I can't see everything in the field, so I, I use my teammates around me to also pass me messages so I can talk to the ref about stuff that I don't see. And obviously being part of the team is important and you're here with some of them today. How's your experience in Japan been as yeah, a team? It's been amazing. You know, the people of Japan are really amazing. They've embraced us being here and we've enjoyed every moment, you know, and every city we go to really get embraced. And you can see outside here how many people are out here, you know, coming out, they're supporting the sport. And yeah, I'm really happy and, you know, and I know um, Team Red Bull has just recently joined with, uh, with Honda, which is amazing. And it's the first time here, so it's quite an important race, so I'm ex excited to see how it, it, it plays out. Yeah, and you touched upon the fans. We think that possibly the Japanese fans are the most unique and most fanatical yeah. 
in the world where we go. Have you had that experience? Yeah, 100%. As well? I mean, we've seen our team flags everywhere around here, in every city we go to. You know, they're embracing us and they come in to support us. And at one of our training sessions, we had over like, 3,000 people watching. It looked like a rugby game, you know. Wow. Yeah, it was really amazing. What's the most unique thing you've done so far since being in Japan? In uh, Kakushima, the, we went to the mountain and oh, wow. it has an earthquake. And it erupted while we were there, but a small one. It's, I mean, it's not oh, something wow. you see every day. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, talking a little bit about, about rugby, you've been the captain of South Africa for now for just over a year. And when you became captain, you were the first black captain in 126 year history. I mean, how did that feel for you? Was that immense pride? And yeah, just being captain of the team is huge for me, you know, and, and I understand like what it means uh, to me and my family and, you know, and the rest of South Africa. And to be honest, like I've got so many leaders around me in the team that I use a lot of that, you know, and I don't have no ego, you know, if someone is is much better than me at something else, I'll go to them for advice, you know. And when times are tough, I do get advice from my teammates. So yeah, it's been really huge. Something I never dreamt of, you know, when I was a kid. Do you find you, you've become a bit of an idol and maybe inspiration for the younger <laughs> children who are playing? Yeah, the yeah I think yeah. so, you know. I always say um, I want to inspire people by the way I play and the way I carry myself. And, and I'm hoping anyone who comes from a similar background, you know, to also know that it is possible to make it and that's one of the reasons why I can't stop working hard until the day I stop playing rugby. And you're also captain for your club team, the Stormers, in yeah. Super Rugby. Yeah. Uh, how did your last season go? How would you rate it? Uh, it wasn't great. We haven't had a good season in the past couple of, of, of years and yeah, we're obviously going to work hard to try and turn the tide next year. Um, a lot of those guys are staying. I think only two senior players will be leaving the team, so we've got a, a, a huge um, pack of, of leadership guys that are going to be staying behind. And obviously in Super Rugby, you come up against fellow Red Bull rugby athlete Bowden Barrett. Yeah. Um, do you know Bowden very well at all? Yeah, we chat every now and then. Yeah, um, he's a good old, he's an amazing rugby player. I mean, he's proved it for the past couple of years being RB player of the year. And I see now he's moving teams you now to the Blues. So. Yeah, it's always good to play against him. It's one of the best rugby players in the world. And do you find because you're both rebel athletes, you get a bit of a, a connection? So maybe when you go and play a game, you might connect a bit easier. Yeah, we, yeah we do, that's like the kind of stuff that we, we, we talk about afterwards. You know, you want to check out what he's been doing with Red Bull and stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited also, you know, to when I get at home, start working with Red Bull, you know, with, we want to change lives. That's, that's why we put it up together. There's so many opportunities in South Africa to make a difference and that's the reason why I wanted to join Red Bull and and I know we're going to do so much good uh, for the people in South Africa. It's not about me, you know, I'm playing and, and, and doing all my dreams but I want to be able to open doors for, for other young kids and, and that's why Red Bull actually saw the opportunity and they saw my passion and I see their passions as well. So I'm really excited for the work that we can do. That's really, really good to hear. and. Obviously, since becoming a Rebel athlete, you got to experience some pretty incredible events, I imagine. Uh, one being the Rebel Cape Town circuit. Yeah. I mean, how much did you enjoy that day? Because for us, it was probably one of the highlights of the season already. Yeah, yeah for me, I think meeting David Coulthard and seeing the actual car, you know, the car came to our field, you know, we took some pictures with it, it was amazing. Until I heard it, you know, um, revving and then, you know, doing donuts, it was, out of this world and then meeting him and then explaining the car to me 
you know, and it's, it's just really amazing. And he's telling me he's one of the big drivers, so how they have to adjust the whole car to fit him, you know, and the stuff that you do, you know, you know, you can't use the bathroom, you have to go on. I wouldn't be able to go for 120 minutes, you know. Red Bull is opening doors that I've never been able, I will never be able to do it myself. So I'm really excited for, for, for everything that I've been able to do. And like today is so special. I'm really not scared on the field, but there's no ways I would get it behind the wheel and travel that far. So we really respect them for what they do. So even if we could adapt our show car to no, fit you in it, no, you wouldn't go if you no, go behind no, it? No, 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 no ways. We were sitting there listening to the driver speak while we were watching the episodes, you know. I think if you, the car is made, is made to go fast and I think I, 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 I will be too scared. I think I'll damage the car because I'll be driving it so slow. That's what we're sitting there thinking because we think we're going fast on the road and but I would never get in the car. Um, but I'll obviously trust Max to, to take me for a spin in a normal car. And are you a fan of cars yourself? You yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, I, 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 I was talking to Travis outside and I told him, you know, my one of my favorite cars is Aston Martin. You know, so it's a coincidence, you know, it, those things work, work out and I told him my two favorite cars. I don't think I'm going to say the other one <laughs> out here in the show now. And um, where would you rank yourself amongst your teammates if you were both to all to get behind the car and have a race? Would you rate yourself quite highly to win? On a straight line, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but not in when I have to turn corners now. Will we see, do you think, at any races in the future? Yeah, 100%. I would really love to. It's tough with our schedule, you know, we're praying um, throughout the year and I think the closest one we'll get will probably be America, I think it's probably after our season, so uh, so yeah, hopefully one day, but I really want to go to Austria and see the Red Bull head, head office because I had a lot of FOMO when I saw the pictures when Team Red Bull won in Austria this year, it was really amazing. And so I would really love to experience that. You know, I want to get to know Team Red Bull um, a lot more, you know, not just from a working relationship, to see where it all began, you know, and all the people behind the scene. That's great. And, you know, it's an absolute pleasure having you here and spending the day with us today. And we hope you enjoy the race and it's a good result so we can celebrate maybe with you and your teammates later. But um, all the best in Japan and thanks very much for coming on the show. No, thank you so much. We appreciate it and we're thankful for everybody that made this possible, my, for me and my teammates, thank you for this. Uh, we, we will never forget this opportunity. So good to hear from Siap. You're always welcome back, of course. Right now, for a special treat to end this episode of Talking Ball, we've been working with ESO and legendary London producer Mark Knight to produce The Sound of Synergy. We challenge him to create a piece of music using the sounds of our F1 car. Here he is to tell you more. So I was tasked by ESO uh, to create a piece of music using the sounds uh, recorded from an RB15 engine. So I went to the uh, Red Bull Racing Factory in Milton Keynes uh, and the engineer kindly showed me around. I drew a whole bunch of inspiration from that, which I could then bring back here to the studio in Shoreditch and reimagine as a piece of music. You get a wide variety of noises from a Formula One car. On the start line, the engine will be revving high. Into a corner, you'll hear a rasping noise. I'm kind of excited to see what Mark can create from all the different noises a Formula One car makes. So we were very excited to come back and get the sounds, and there was a full dynamic spectrum of, uh, of sounds that we had that ranged from low-end sounds, which we could use for the bass, more midi-toppy sounds we could use for a lead, sounds we could use for effects. So the foundation of the track is the baseline. And to create the baseline, what we did was take the end part of this engine sound here, put it in the sampler, re-pitch it and replay it to create this. 
Not a bad bass line with an engine sound. So to create the lead sound in the record, we did exactly the same process. We went to the uh, stem of engine sounds, found a nice tone, re-pitched it, and then replayed it as a lead. That's the engine sound, and it ends up as the lead. So I'm super happy uh, with the way the tracks turned out. I really feel uh, the energy of the record replicates the power and the energy of the engine. And that's exactly what we set out to do. It's what you set out to do and you blew us away with it, Mark. This is the sound of Synergy in all of its glory. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with another episode of Talking Ball very soon. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform.